everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Four Jobbers Podcast. I am, of course, Ginger Heat, and I am not alone in this jobberdom. I have a couple friends with me, and we have a very, very special guest this week. But first, we have the body from Kirkcuddy, Jordan Dees, all the way from Edinburgh, Scotland, our resident AEW Mark. What's going on this week, dude? I saw you sipping on your Prima beer before. He's also a brewmaster. My God, this guy's talented. What's going on? I wouldn't say I was very good at any of those things, but at least I turn up and I try. Um, yes, we're sipping on some beer today that I've made myself, just uh, in case anybody wants to see. We've got our wee labels there. Uh, we're brewing tomorrow as well, so we've got a wee pilsner that we're going to be doing. But we're not here to talk about beer tonight, are we? We're here to talk about fucking wrestling. <laughs> I mean, it's been an interesting week. And we're going to get into what happened at the weekend. The the premium, what's it called? A premium event now? We're not allowed to call it. Premium live event. Premium live event. PLE. Yeah. PLE. It's a pleh. Honestly, it felt a bit pleh to me. So I will absolutely (laughs) take that. Uh, But yes, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Speaking of good, we of course have the waxy, the venomous, the son of the dentist, Ryan, the Wax Mamba this week. He's Ryan Theory. What's going on this week, bud? <laughs> oh, not a whole lot. It's the same old, same old. I'm stuck at home, although I guess I can go have a pint one of these days now. Uh, oh, you guys allowed still, out the house after or allowed 8 out the house or now. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Old, uh, old Frankie uh, took out the keys and unlocked the doors. Excellent. Um, so how's the DDP that, yoga? How's DDP? DDP you still is on still it? kicking my ass and he's telling me to do it every day and he's saying I'm going to get better and he seems like a reliable guy. So I just have to keep going with it and believe in him. Nice. And of course, someone who doesn't work out, but he's also awesome. He is, of course, the enigmatic, the charismatic, the bizarre, the mysterious, but the wonderful. They hate Jason. What's going on with you this week? Uh, you know, if DDP can save uh, Jake the Snake and Scott Hall, I'm sure he can do it for Waxman. I believe in him, so I'm happy about that. And uh, I would like to say I had a great day today. Uh, someone made it was Taco Tuesday today at work. Someone made tacos, homemade tacos, were fantastic, amazing. I got to bring some home. There was some taco sauce. I accidentally left it unattended on my countertop. I went away for a couple minutes. I come back. And the cat had some nice, tasty taco sauce. Unfortunately, this cat has allergies to certain foods <laughs> and um, spent the next 10 minutes rubbing his face and cleaning it, uh, you know, cleaning his eyes and everything. And he seems OK now. He's probably going to take a nap. He had some nice taco sauce. So I'm good. But the that's re- good. The re- rest of the leftovers are just going to have to go in your fancy bin that you've got, right? Uh, yes, I do have a nice $150 garbage can, and uh, I'm still, I still enjoy it. It's a very heel yeah, garbage a can. It's a very point, heel yeah. garbage can. <laughs> Definitely. Give me, it'll get me some heat, no doubt about it. Hashtag. It is the most expensive piece of furniture in Jason's house, but it is very I nice. I sleep in it also. It's more expensive than my bed. It <laughs> doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but we are not alone this week, ladies and gentlemen. We have an amazing guest, one of our favorite wrestlers, one of our favorite people, he is, of course, the sensational Shane Hawk. What is going on, brother? Man, I was about to do the double guns, but... Let me see him. No, Bring you've all out. taken all the poses already. We didn't do the Jason guns. did the guns. We got the RVD. Oh, yeah. What am I... Sp- what wrestling um, thing can I do What now? did Bret Hart do? This? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I like that. 
That's it. It's a bit of a shimmy. Close to Del Rio. Right there. Oh yeah. I don't know. I'm into it. Um, hashtag Brett was right to shimmy. (laughs) Yo, I'm great. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Honestly, things are opening up again. Uh, I had a great day, and uh, preparing some very very fun wrestling for the upcoming year. So why don't you tell people a little bit, what, what's your story in the wrestling world? What, what do you do? Who are you a little bit? I mean, obviously we know, but why don't you tell our, you? All, all, couple, all two of our listeners? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Show me your research. I want to know what you know about me. Um, well, my, my ginger world real order. Is, uh... <laughs> yeah, so my name is Andrew Stott. Uh, I wrestle as Professor H. Shane Hawk, formerly Superstar Shane Hawk. I have not changed my social media because whatever. <laughs> Uh, I am a professional wrestler who has been in training since 2002. Jeez, man. Holy shit. I'm very close to my 20-year anniversary in professional wrestling. Um, I am the booker, co-promoter, trainer, jack-of-all-trades for the International Wrestling Syndicate here in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, as well as the executive producer and showrunner for both of our TV shows, Uh, our new one coming out in March, of course, IWS Hardcore History, and... IWS Bloodstream, our weekly hour-long event on the Fight Network. That's crazy. As I mentioned before, I'm the head trainer. It's a good show. It's a good show. It's a good show. You should watch the show. I'm also the head trainer uh, at the IWS Pro Dojo. I have been since 2014. I've trained all sorts of international students. Um, I am the editor and project manager at Lethal Comics with my buddy Bob the Animal Anger, where we write for WWE and Boom Studios and... I uh, am a very avid fan, very big fan. An avid fan? It doesn't work. I'm a big fan of Magic the Gathering. Thank you. Ooh. Ooh. An excellent little summary there. Packaged quite nicely. I've done it a lot, yeah. Wait till you hear me plug my social media later. Yeah, there we go. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've got that speech down on greatest hits at this point. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You guys have actually been doing some awesome stuff on Twitch. I know you've... Uh, got some live wrestling shows that I've been watching. They, it's so fun because it's it's small, it's one on one, it's just on a mat on the floor, no ring, just badass, right. just kicking the shit out of each other. Like it gets stiff sometimes and stuff. Like you guys are, you guys are pretty. Cool. Well, it's Speedball Mike Bailey. Yeah. He's well, one of the like, stiffest people in the world. I mean, this uh, obviously it's not something that I, I uh, as living in Scotland, I can always get to watch as freely as I would maybe like. But it sounds a little bit like Raw Underground. <coughs> um, <laughs> did they steal your idea? Did you, did you steal theirs? <laughs> so it's not <laughs> raw underground. Can I would just clarify? More... I'm totally taking the piss. <laughs> I, no, I no. would hate to compare the two. Raw underground was more like uh, the Shakara, like after our storyline with the crucible that they were doing. That was like right. raw underground. Mm-hmm. Um, no, ours is. Uh, if you know DDT in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, one of their sister companies is Choco Pro. And they do fighting in this uh, classroom, elementary school style room wow. that looks not uh, not dissimilar to ours because it's directly inspired by it. I wouldn't call it a ripoff because that's the only similarity. However, it's uh, yeah, we set up judo mats in uh, Lethal Studios in downtown Montreal, uh, and it's no ring matches, um, mostly done for fun on Twitch <coughs> to. Uh, Take advantage of the medium of professional wrestling. I think that's uh, something that is being done more and more and being explored more and more uh, and is lending itself to the popularity of professional wrestling these days. Because whenever somebody says, 
you know that's fake, right? <laughs> that's um, like, I mean, if we are doing a Hattle Royale where the point is to remove the hats of your opponents, yes, we, we understand that it might not be an actual fight. Uh, thank you. Um, I mean, this week I saw pillow fighting. There's a pillow uh, fighting league, mm. and they smack each other in the face with pillows. Oh, they've had that for years, I've though. I mean, guys that's just blow-up dolls. Yeah. And, uh, first time I've seen yeah, it. Invisible people. That blow-up doll put some respect on that name. It's a former <laughs> DDT Iron Metal heavyweight champion. You're right. Okay? You're right. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, but, class. Yeah. yeah, but I do more serious TV for IWS. We do a weekly long week. Uh, like so, it's a weekly hour-long TV show on the Fight Network. Uh, you can get it on Fight Network Canada, USA, and uh, in the UK on Skynet. Uh, Friday nights, 8 o'clock, directly competing with AEW. you got to love it. But that's okay. It's still a really awesome show. Um, right now, we are doing recap episodes of Season 2, so we're doing Best of Bloodstream. Uh, and of last year, we took them and re-edited them in storyline order. So whereas we'd be watching them in show order, now you're watching them in storyline order. So it's uh, each segment from our five events that we had um, put in order with myself hosting and doing throws in between. Uh, I think it's a really sweet show. I think um, I'm biased, obviously. But I think Montreal's... Uh, Quebec in general has a lot of really talented individuals. And the amount of people who make it to the United States are really just the tip of the iceberg. And if you look at the people from Quebec who have made it to the United States, you have Kevin Owens, you have Sami Zayn, 2.0, Dark Order, uh, yeah. Mike Bailey now as well, mm. uh, PCO, right? Uh, these, are, these are solid names. And there's quite a bit of talent here in Quebec that has just not been noticed because either they're French or uh, it's obviously harder to get into the United States as a Canadian. Mm. But, uh, you know, even just in the IWS, we have guys like... Uh, Tabernacle team, TDT, so who, oh, yeah. in my opinion, are one of the best tag teams in the world right now. Uh, yeah. Matt Angel's in there. Frankie the Mobster, Lufisto, oh, yeah. these people who are, you know, these these are Quebec wrestlers who are, are world-class athletes. Um, it's only a matter of time until people notice again. Absolutely. I've always loved that Montreal and Quebec has such a, a deep, not only current wrestling scene, but a deep history uh, yeah. of wrestling yeah. and it's exciting yeah. to always find out a new person is from like when i found out 2.0 was uh was from quebec I, I marked out all over again and this is back when they were competing <laughs> as ever rise on nxt and they were the fun kind of tag team that would two shattergay boys <laughs> two shattergay two boys from shattergay shattergay so <clears throat> and obviously the history the screw job and different events seem to have happened in montreal and of course the royal rumble pat patterson the originator yeah. of the royal rumble we have him to thank for that too. So, I have a great Pat Patterson story. You want to hear yeah, it? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's yes. go. Yes. <laughs> do you want to hear it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't know. We're all just uh, anyway. marking out. You right could now, have said no. Yes. What do I know? Uh, I don't assume everybody wants to hear me talk. I mean, I guess if I'm a guest on a podcast. Yes, I do. I, that yes. is kind of the point, right? I'm sure, um, you never know if we have like a timeline or trying to move things. Whatever. No, but we. Nah. I don't know. Is there a question of format? You guys didn't give me a run sheet. What is this? Amateur hour? Bunch of jobbers on this. Damn thing. right. Anyway, How? see, I said the thing. I said the thing. Right. I said the thing. All right. So. Uh, <laughs> I was, uh, I was in university at the time. There's this bar in downtown Montreal called Ziggy's. And Ziggy's is kind of like a hole-in-the-wall uh, old man bar, right? And, but it's awesome. Like, it's wonderful. There's a jukebox there. And, like, uh, I had my birthday there this year. It, it's, it's, it's a really fun little cute quaint little spot, you know? 
Um, and for somebody who's not trying to like listen to the Justin Bieber's and the not that there's anything wrong with that or the Doja Cats, uh, going to like this kind of environment appeals to me, right? Um, it was also Pat Patterson's favorite bar. And one day I was in university. Now, this was the time where I was traveling with Shakar in the United States on a regular basis. So I'm graduating university and also touring and like main eventing the ECW arena. Oh, wait, sorry. I dropped that name. <laughs> wow. Um, what the fuck? That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I, I, I was at, uh, I was just, like, I was at this bar in between classes and I saw Pat Patterson was there. And I was like, <laughs> Gotta say hi to Pat Patterson. Of like I'm, I'm nobody, nothing in wrestling, right? Like, but you recognized like, him right away. Of course, it's Pat Patterson. Um, <laughs> well, I walk up to him and I, like I still, I'm still gonna shoot my shot because like it's Pat Patterson, you know. Like the the WWE was not as accessible uh, as it is now when oh, I was shit. starting, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Like if you did not look like Randy Orton, you were not getting a look. So like it wasn't a possibility. So I'm like, oh, I, I need to shoot this shot, right? I walk up and I introduce myself and say, hello, Mr. Patterson, uh, can I buy you a drink? And he says, I have a drink. <laughs> I go, okay, well, Shit. but like, I, so I, I know he doesn't want to talk to me now, but I'm still going to shoot my shot because Pat Patterson's in front of me and like, I want to be a wrestler, right? Like, so Absolutely. I say to him, oh, okay, I understand. Uh, well, sir, uh, I just want to say that I'm, I have a lot of respect for you uh, for what you've done in professional wrestling, and I am uh, actually a wrestler myself. And look, I don't want to bother you or anything, but I was just wondering, would you have any advice for me as an up-and-coming wrestler? And Pat Patterson doesn't even look at me, bro. <laughs> He's just like, I don't know how to advise you. I've never seen you before. What do you want me to do? And I was just like, thank you very much, Mr. Patterson. You have a great <gasps> night, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was clearly not having it. And I approached yeah. anyway. That's on me. That's on me. You know, like when he didn't open his body up to the conversation, it's mm. pretty clear this dude was just trying to have a solitary beer in the mm. afternoon. Mm. Did not want to talk to anybody. But like, I gotta shoot my shot. Like roughly, yeah, what, year, what year is this? Roughly, two thousand and seven, maybe. Two thousand and seven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Two thousand and six. Two thousand. Picture the timeline. Okay. Yeah. It's it's. And no, Pat Patterson's not like, like, there's no NXT yet, right? Mm. There, there's no, like, OVW is not a big thing yet. I think there's still, like, HWA is developmental and, like, Smoky Mountain at this point. Um, right. okay. They don't, they don't sign five foot seven gingers from Montreal. That's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you had some sort of incredible body work, they would have wanted tapes. You have to send in the tapes and go through that process, right? Like It was a whole, like, tough enough is not even a thing yet, right? Yeah, it's a whole thing so obviously this man is like who is this you're never gonna get in wrestling what are you doing go away and i was just like you know what man that's on me okay yeah i'm sorry i bothered you okay fair enough some of the best advice you ever got was actually not getting any advice from pat patterson but there you go it wasn't a way because i was that that taught me like yes shoot your shot but also you can't follow, like, this would have been the right thing to do, theoretically. However, he clearly was not interested. And so yeah. in a political sense, like, it would have been better for me to say nothing at all. Hmm. But I, as an enthusiastic youngster, was like, I have to do this. Um, and that tempered me moving forward. Uh, now, whether or not that led to more success uh, is, is up in the air. But either way, it's a really good story to tell on podcast. It is a great story. So, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. it is. 
so I got something out of it and that was good. So you, you, you've kind of mentioned that we don't have any kind of plan for tonight and you're absolutely right. We don't. <laughs> you're absolutely and, and right. Mostly <laughs> I'm not going to piss around and pretend that we do. Uh, we don't, we just kind of ask questions and we're going to see what happens. And if it ends up being uh, listenable to other people, then fucking ace. If it's not, well, listen anyway and deal with it. All right. It's four jobbers podcast. Welcome. Um, a lot of time we do have a format. We set it up, but we have to, are we going to talk rumble? You know, are we talking rumble too? Yeah. Trump's. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk rumble later on. We'll right. talk rumble later on. I'm an um, expert level. I'm an expert level storyteller. We'll we'll make it work. There we go. Exactly. Yeah, nice. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I had a couple of questions though. So, you know, growing up for me, there were as a, a Scotsman, there wasn't a lot of um, Scottish influence growing up, and I, I mean that. In the nicest way possible, I'm sorry, Roddy Piper, you're not Scottish. You can pretend to be as much as you want, but you are Canadian. Uh, you're not Scottish. Canadian. I love you, love you, love you, but you're not, mate. Um, so for me, it was quite <laughs> difficult to like find somebody that I gravitated towards other than the big names in, in wrestling, right? Because sure. I just watched them on TV and I was like, fuck, this guy's sick because he's got chest hair or whatever, right? Um <laughs> Growing that's how up, I got over two inches. Yeah, right. I mean, that's pretty much it. I was like, what eight when I started growing chest hair? I don't know. I developed pretty early, but you know, when you're growing up, you know, you're watching you're watching wrestling at a reasonable hour rather than me at one in the morning. Who who did you admire? Who were the guys that were like, yeah, I I want to be like that. I want to get involved in wrestling because of this guy or whatever. Okay, so. Um... I always liked the smaller, faster guys more than the main eventers, um, which makes me a wrestling hipster, and I absolutely hate it. Um, but regardless, <laughs> marks, uh, man, you can mark out on anybody. You know, you like, know, like, like I, I get it, but like it's a smart mark thing. I've, I don't even like the term smart mark. It's an oxymoron. It's not possible to be a smart mark. Mark <laughs> implies that you're not in on it, and you can't be smart to it. Anyway. Sorry, I got on a tangent there. I was a big Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels fan. And my first ever live event was actually the Screwjob in 97. Oh, my dad had taken wow. me. Wow. That was I your first live event. I first live event. My first premium live event. Yeah, people say this isn't real. <laughs> it's obviously <Right>. real. <laughs> so I, uh, well, okay, so that's not actually true. It's the first live event I remember. Because yeah. my grandfather that's was right. a towel boy at the forum. Um, and oh. like, oh. you know, he would like, this is like a long time ago. So I was probably there at some point, but like the screw job is really my first, like wrestling experience. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and I was a fan of both Brett and Sean. Uh, and like, I think I was like eight at the time, you know, I didn't understand the Canada versus USA thing. I didn't know what nationalism was yet. I didn't care. <laughs> like, uh, it was just, I knew there was baby faces and there was heels, but I liked the smaller guys. So I had signs for both Brett and Sean. I remember my dad confiscating my Sean sign at one point because <laughs> people were yelling at us about mm. it. Uh, wow. And so as soon as the screw job happens, my dad kind of got the vibe that something wasn't, wasn't right. <laughs> and he ushers us out of there like right away. And I'm just confused Smart. about why so many people are angry. I did not understand, but I'm a child, right? I was like, this is a sick match. What's the problem, boys? Um, <laughs> didn't get to see, like, the iconic thing like yeah, this because my dad was like, we got to go. People are going to fight. And I was like, all right, well, whatever. 
Um, so those guys, and then like I was, I was a bigger WCW guy growing up than I was a WWF guy because I'm in that era. Um, I was more of an NWA WCW guy. During the Monday Night Wars, I was a big Nitro guy. Um, so uh, wow. Chris Jericho and Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, um, those again makes me a fucking hipster. Um, and then I loved ECW as well uh, as it was coming up, and I, I liked uh, Rob Van Dam quite a bit, um, and I liked Taz a lot. Um, really? Oh, it's Taz. A lot of the times, uh, it would be whichever uh, per, like person, wrestler, I could collect in WWF Raw Deal, the card game. Um, I don't know if you guys <laughs> ever played that, but they had a card game, and if I could get like their yeah, foil yeah, yeah. card, they became my new favorite wrestler. Um, yeah, for sure, sick. I, I've always gravitated more towards uh, storyline-based, uh, like, comic booky stuff. So, like, Undertaker's feud with um, Warrior and Papa Shango and stuff like that. And then moving on to, like, Ministry of Darkness stuff, like, really did it for me. Kane did it a lot for me. The whole story of, like, early Kane, which I then got to uh, fill in um, for WWE comic books. Uh, one of the books that uh, Andy Belanger, the artist, and I did was 10 pages about Kane and Undertaker in the burning building as children. Uh, oh, and that, like, crazy. WWE gave that out at their stockholders meeting in 2019. Um, and that was, like, super cool because I had a direct influence on something that I watched growing up. That's um, sick. That's crazy. And I, we put ourselves in the book as uh, cameos, as, like, detectives. <laughs> Always be working, brother. Always be working. Got it. Yeah. Um, Shoot your shot again. Yeah, yeah, I've appeared in two WWE comic books in the background, what thanks the to Andy. Fuck? So technically, so superstar Shane Hawk did WWE, which makes me a WWE superstar forever. There um, we go. You're in the yeah. canon. Let's yeah. go. It's in there. It's canon. I take it. It's canon. Yeah. Um, Even if you had to write it yourself, let's go. So hey, then <laughs> I fucking do it again. Too, I would do it again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Plug absolutely. him in there. What is, what's his uh, Instagram again? Who? Me? The artist. Oh, Andy Belanger. Oh, use, yeah, Andy's. It's just Andy Belanger, at Andy yeah. Belanger? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, check it out, guys, if you want to see some amazing artwork for sure. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff on there. We're right now working on uh, his comic book, Mother Trucker 2. Um, Mother Trucker is a comic book series about intergalactic truckers who fight for trip, uh, shipping routes uh, using monster trucks that become, like, rings, like sci-fi wrestling rings. Hmm. Very cool stuff. Very talented guy. Uh, but back to like who I watched growing up, um, always like tag team wrestling more than singles. Absolute favorite wrestler of all time is Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I liked the younger people. I liked the smaller guys because they reminded me of who I was. Um, mm. As I started getting older, though, as I started becoming a wrestler, uh, one of the things they tell you when you're a wrestler is to wrestle like the wrestler you look like or the wrestler that you resemble and not oh, the right. wrestler you want to be. Right. Like I wanted to be Shawn Michaels, but I'm clearly not Shawn Michaels. So as I got older, I started to gravitate more towards uh, Japanese stuff um, like the King's Road series with Kabashi and Masawa um, and Kawada. And then uh, also like Fit Finley, William Regal. Um, I'm a grappler and a striker. Oh, nice. Nice. So those kind of like bruiser people really appealed to me. Uh, and I would study them the most now that I'm further on in my career i watch mostly old wrestling I, like i'll watch all the new stuff too for fun uh, or like to see my pals or whatever but also like wrestling wrestling is super awesome right now there's a lot of really cool wrestling even though like there are some mistakes out there there's a lot of really fun wrestling there's a product for everybody right now but uh i i will study older stuff because i like to marry 
new school psychology with uh, sorry new school uh, old school psychology with new school moves um and there are a lot of people who do that really well the young bucks are a prime example of that how if you actually watch it and break it down into like shine heat comeback um they tease every single false finish and they're like there's callbacks in every single thing that they do and people who say that the young bucks are just spot wrestlers just don't understand wrestling i don't know maybe one of you guys said that before but they it's very clearly structured what they're doing uh jason's bro jason uh, who's your boy uh jim jim Cornette. do you ever listen to jim? Oh, you're a corny man huh you're a corny well, I, mean, man. I just discovered him recently that he has a podcast and i'm enjoying it i'm not saying i agree with everything he says but i he's very entertaining very entertaining yeah, that's kind of entertaining that's yeah. that's fair that's fair but yeah, I have not, he's not a fan of the young bucks uh, obviously, <laughs> he's not a fan of uh, no, yeah, he calls bucks. um kenny omega twinkle toes um <laughs> he calls it no there is uh, it's twinkle toes something though oh kenny olivier that's kenny what he calls olivier <laughs> yes yeah kenny olivier um the young bucks i don't think he likes them either they have beef i, I don't really know the history of it i think they got beef like it's a work is it okay Good. Jim Cornette's whole act is a work. You, you think just so? Like I don't the know. Negative. Yeah, I don't know. Sure, I mean, surely, yeah. There's got to be a gimmick. There's got to be character somewhere. He makes so there, much right? money. There's for sure. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Get him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hey, look. If it's a work, it's a good work. I'm not gonna take that away from the guy. He's a sure. millionaire. He's much richer than I am. Don't like everything no, just, that he says, but like angry old. It's man funny because I remember him as a kid watching him like um, the manager of Owen Hart and Yokozuna and Cor- Camp Cornette. And I always hated him. Like obviously you're supposed to. He's a heel. I was a kid. I'm like, who is this loser? Like I don't like this guy. And just seeing him like now same. so differently, even though he's doing the same shtick, you know, he's still got the same character. I don't know. I just find it really entertaining. I mean, some people like to watch car crashes. Some people like to watch torture porn. Well, some people no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, no, I don't like that. But. I hope Fair. Corny comes at me now. Tweet at me, Jim Cornette. I challenge you Let's to. Go. Let me let me know that you get some of your clout, Jim Cornette. No four jobbers listener. That yeah. will entirely be to get Never a percentage done. of your audience's attention. So, yeah. fuck you, Jim Cornette. Isolate Ooh. there we go. There's the clip. <laughs> Mark clip. clip. There we go. <laughs> in um in terms of like so some of the, the more mainstream product, you've mm-hmm. got things like New Japan, AW, WWE. I, I'd even include TNA Impact in there. What what do you gra- what do you gravitate towards? What's, Currently? what's yeah, what's your current product that when you know, if you just want to almost relax, it's not about work. It's about relaxing. I want to watch some wrestling. What do you gravitate towards? Okay, so I don't gravitate towards to, uh, any particular company. I think that's silly. Uh, I think that having affiliation for any company that I don't work for or that I have no monetary interest in is kind of just silly. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, AEW sexuals versus WWE stands or what have you. Like, grow up. Yeah, Jordan, anyway. grow up. <laughs> He's an AEW sexual. Uh, grow up. I mean, you can love a company. That's cool. But, like, yeah. are you going to go online and argue with people for liking New Japan? Like, yeah, no. no. <laughs> probably not. I don't know. Well, I, don't know. I mean, it depends on how I many drinks I want to know what they had, like but... about it. Like, yeah. <sighs> anyway, I'm, I'm so... a Scotsman. I like arguing. What can I say? Like, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but yeah. Argue in the pub and not on the Twitter. Yeah, not online. No, no. Always face-to-face. Always what a face-to-face. waste of time arguing online. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm going to get distracted again. Uh, now, that being said, I like a lot of particular acts right now. Um, okay. 
Uh, I love, let, like, we'll start right at the top. Uh, I think Roman Reigns is doing the best work of his career oh, right yeah. now. I think oh, it's yeah. super entertaining. <laughs> yeah. um, I've always been a Roman guy uh, since The Shield, even when people were like, he's so overrated and he's always getting pushed and it's not fair and why is he always getting a push? Hey, shut <laughs> the fuck he, up. He wasn't very good, um, but now he is. <laughs> he's always been good. He's always been having sick matches. But he's in God mode now. Ass off. He's in God mode I, now. Right, like his character. His character I'm saying he's always like, been he's good really, in the ring. I'm talking really about his characters. Right, right, absolutely. But even his but like in ring work has that. improved. Like his True. footwork has improved yeah. in yep. the ring. Yep, yep. Um, he's just he's firing on all cylinders right now. Um, yeah, and then on the same tier, I also really like Brock. Uh, I like Cowboy Brock. Oh, I find yeah. that very Cowboy Brock. Uh, we love Cowboy Brock. Yeah, I like Viking hair Brock. Super fun. Mm -hmm. um, Excellent. Yep. I love Brock Lesnar. Like as a, as a dude, he's Canadian Brock. He's, yeah, he's that's yeah. right. Yeah. I love Canadian Cowboy Brock. Brock. He's Canada Brock, you know. Like, this is super. <laughs> like, that's a super fun act to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I will absolutely yeah. watch that. Uh, in WWE, I like Bianca Belair a lot. Oh, yeah. I think that mm -hmm. she's really good. Um, so I'll, I'll, I tend to watch her stuff, unless it's somebody who I'm really not interested in watching. Um, let's yeah. see. I mean, Becky Lynch was doing it for me but i'm not super feeling the new big yeah. time bex i feel you yeah. but that doesn't take away from how good she is in the ring mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. like sasha bex same thing so like i'll watch the matches um yeah, something we try to stay away from on this podcast is like shitting on people's in-ring work yeah wrestlers unless it, we, right. we can't yeah. comment on people's wrestling skills well i feel like, like i can noticeably yeah you, you can, can. <laughs> and you should i you have you, you should know, yeah. training, I, I have i'm allowed to do that yeah I, I teach it to people yeah us the yeah. four jobbers Fair. are not qualified to be commenting no. on it. Right. You please do. And when we do, it's like, if we're making went, fun of someone, we always to, say, uh, not, I mean, not on the I, wrestling work. <laughs> I, I went to a few months of wrestling school, and then uh, I got a sore back, and I never went back again. <laughs> so even I'm not able to comment on it. But to be fair, we've never really said the in-ring ability of most of the right. people that we shit on is, is that bad. It's it's about the story. It's about the character or, that surrounds that, that match, you know? So, uh, Sami Zayn, fantastically entertaining right now. Oh, yeah. uh, nope. That's my, my boy. My uh, professional wrestling teacher, Sami Zayn. Let's just make that happen again. There we go. I was trained there by Sami Zayn. I was wow. trained by in the IWS by Beef Wellington and Sami Zayn. That's just wild. Wow. There's a yeah, picture. I don't know if you've seen it, Brad. <coughs> it's on my social media. Or Ginger Heat, sorry. I just I shoot named you. Um, no, call me Brad, so <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's a picture of me when I was like 14 at wrestling school with, with Sami Zayn, who's like, I think, 16 at the time. And then B. Fallington, who's like 18. Um, and I've got like individual spikes and like a flame shirt. It's it's very 2003. It's good. It's good. Love it. Um, I'm sure I've seen that picture. I didn't even realize it was Sami Zayn. Like, I'm sure I've seen Yeah, it yeah. He looks super like... young in it. But uh, I, I think he's pound for like... pound the best professional wrestler in the world. Uh, and also is super entertaining right now. Kevin's doing really good stuff, too. Um, have you met Kevin before as well? You mean former IWS World Heavyweight Champion Kevin Owens? Yes, I have. Uh, <laughs> there it is. There it is. So, Again, uh, just drop, 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 drop. Yeah, so Kevin and I, <laughs> Kevin and I uh, have known each other for a very long time. His first uh, match outside of Rougeau, because uh, Kevin uh, was yeah. with Jacques Rougeau, and Jacques wanted to sign to an exclusive contract. Uh, and offer him a spot on on heat i think it was and kevin said no 
to go do independent and go do IWS. And like his first show uh, outside was at MWF in Valley Field, which was actually my first MWF show as well. And this was 2003. Um, no, 2002. I think it's like November 2002. Uh, and I had like just gotten in touch with IWS. And for that show, the main event was uh, Sami Zayn as Stevie McCool against Fred Lamerve, <laughs> local Excellent. wrestler. Yeah, Stevie McCool. Okay. Uh, came out to Beastie Boys' Fight for Your Right to Party. Very good <laughs> Of <stuff>. course. Because <laughs> he was cool. Oh, no, sorry. It wasn't Stevie McCool. It was Stevie McFly. Pardon Steve me. Oh. I was wrong. Oh. But Stevie McFly's even better. Um, yes, that's great. <laughs> and against the other guy, Damien. And they were in a triple threat match. And Rami, Sami Zayn, sees me and come like beckons me to the curtain and says, like, hey, you want to take a crowd spot? And I was like, yeah, absolutely I do. I'm 12 years old. I want to be in wrestling. Yeah, sure. So I was there with my buddy, and so they did like a fall-away slam into the crowd deal. And it was on to my buddy and I, who were 14 at the time. So just like flattened two 14-year-old kids, obviously. Uh, I take the Welcome bump. to the obviously. world of wrestling, kids. Yeah. yeah, so I'm selling my ass off, obviously, right? Because this is my first. I'm like, I'm going to prove to everybody that I'm the best wrestler ever in like Laval, Quebec. Um <laughs> <laughs> but they get up and they start fighting other places. And then I just hear behind me like, huh, nice bump, buddy. And I look up and it's Kevin Owens. No way. <laughs> and so... that's how Kevin Owens and I met. Uh, I've had, uh, I wrote his comic for WWE for one thing, like uh, the Sami nice. Zayn, uh, Kevin Owens, the KO comic. I wrote that, which is cool. Do you have, uh, do you have one? Yeah, I do. I have, uh, I mean, they're on my wall. But no, you don't have to take them down. I was just wondering if you have them all stuff. Cause that's yeah, yeah so I've got stuff. all my like, comics. They, they go, okay, cool. I got all my comics. Uh, I try to get a copy of everything that I've published. Nice. Um, so yeah, so Kevin and I, uh, we became buddies. We talked on MSN Messenger. <laughs> he used to work <laughs> overnight at a. You know, he used to work overnight at a gas station, and uh, I have insomnia, so we would talk to like four in the morning about <laughs> dumb bullshit wrestling mostly. <laughs> Uh, I wrestled him quite a few times. I think like three or four times. Uh, one match, we had a singles wow. match in Saint-Jean-sur-Richelieu-Québec. Oh. And my dad <laughs> came to it. And Kevin had just gotten back from his first run in the United States and was extremely stiff at the time. Because at the time that like strong style indie was like all the rage. So everybody was just hitting each other for real like a bunch of idiots. And he beat the shit out of me in front of my dad. And at one point, my dad <laughs> starts to think it's real and is, like, going to jump into the ring. And on the fly, Kevin has to call an audible to, like, throw me out to my dad so I can call to him, like, no, it's okay, it's a work, don't worry. And then get back to fighting. Because, like, Excellent. dude was going to get into the ring. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Go ahead, Kevin. I'll just fucking beat him up. He beat me up good. Um, shit. We had a couple other singles, a couple other, like, triple threat matches, stuff like that. Um it was it was good. He beat the shit out of me a lot, you know. But uh, he's a really great wrestler. I mean, that's and a then, pretty good uh, claim of fame. Uh, Kevin Owens beat the shit out of me when I was younger. Multiple times, baby. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, Sami Zayn trained me. Kevin beat me up. So I don't know who to root for in that feud. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it must have been crazy for you to see them two working together, though. They got major packages in WWE. Oh, it's together. wonderful. They it's put wonderful. on some of the best matches I've ever seen in NXT mm. and on the main card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when Sami Zayn wrestles Neville at our evolution and has like that big breakout moment, that was super fun for me. Uh, Kevin's debut also where he turns on Sami Zayn, very fun for mm -hmm. me. 
Uh, so power bomb on the on the tur- on the is the is the ring the actually harder bomb. at the edge there? Does it yeah, hurt it more? Is. It is. The, <laughs> so it actually hurts more. Fuck. The ring the ring apron is harder in that like it's a corner. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. So uh, depending basic on the ring, physics, Brad. Basic physics, mate. Basically, yeah. Like the shock yeah, wave of the ring is supposed to go to the middle, right? So either you have a spring or you have beams that are on top of each other. Yeah. Like IWS's ring doesn't have a uh, spring. We have the interlocking beams, which is more Japanese style. Mm. So like okay. the idea is that the shock wave is supposed to go outwards, but it stops at the edge of the ring. So if you're taking a bump on the apron, it's does it, it kill goes, you? Yeah, no, but nowhere. it absolutely hurts more. Um, yeah. That being Especially said, on the back. you want to protect your back as a wrestler. You're, if you're taking a bump outside, yo, you're taking a bump there. If you take like, a bump, you take some nasty back bumps, man. Yo, no, no, it's yeah. not the back that you're worried about on the apron. It's the coccyx. You overshoot mm. that, you break your tailbone. You were not sitting for like <laughs> months. <laughs> yeah, 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 I've seen it happen. I seen it, and it was uh, not pretty. Not yeah. pretty. my ass, my ass, <laughs> my hole, my hole, my hole. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. No. Did I answer um, your question? I don't know. I don't remember. I started talking. Hey. I hope I did. Little, that's beautiful. You, Great. You, I it, it was perfect. I think that worked. Perfect. I'm just giving you, you anecdotes and name dropping. That's fine. That's what <laughs> yeah. we need. We need yeah. little like, nuggets that we can drop yeah. on social media. You know? I can live vicariously in, through you, man. Enjoy your sound bites. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, if WWE can do it, they put three hours of a raw out, and actually it's only about five minutes of sound bites. So right. we can do it as well, right? There you go. Um, I, so we had a question that we were kind of talking about before uh, you, uh, you jumped on with us. So in the last few years, there's been the Dark Side of the Ring, right? Documentary. Yeah. Have, have you watched it? Are you? Yeah, you- I, uh, when Evan Husney, the uh, showrunner, first started casting for it, uh, he was put in touch with me to do the casting for the Canadian side of things. Uh, oh, and wow, then wow. I sent out a bunch of stuff. And then he went with somebody else, and then the oh. show got happened. So yeah, no, uh, okay. that's my my tertiary touching of Fair. Dark Side of the Ring. Yes, I've watched. I've well, I mean, I know the stories anyway. Yeah, carry yeah, on. Yeah, but the fact that you'd be considered is pretty that's crazy. Awesome. Even. Like, that's, that's pretty that's sick. Yeah, yeah, like I, I helped the first cast guys for uh, I helped cast guys for um, the Bruiser Brody episode with Abdullah. I was I love that oh. episode. Great episode. Right. So like, yeah. uh, I I I had some fingerprint on it yeah, but like yeah, it's, literally it's just, just like we bring up we bring this up out of nowhere randomly and you're like oh yeah they, oh, oh yeah, did, the yeah cast, and, i got you have your finger i've been around for 20 crazy. years guys i've done a lot but of how many people yeah, yeah, around for it. 20 years yeah. and don't have the stories you have you're There's right a lot of people out there you're that right don't. i am an international level talent <laughs> there we no. go anyway so there's dark side of the ring tell ask me about my dead friends let's go i shouldn't laugh sorry um <laughs> so my my question was going to be obviously with things like Dark Side of the Ring, uh-huh. the the emphasis on pro, pro wrestling just now is the reality side of it. it. You know, it's it's about seeing what it's actually like, but obviously that is usually still a work mm-hmm. in some respect. Okay, mm-hmm. with shows like Dark Side of the Ring, we're actually getting to see or we're getting at least one side of a story about a particular series of events. What do you think about that? Is is honestly my question, like, as a fan of wrestling, forget 
anything other than I am just a guy who likes watching wrestling. For me to have that kind of insider knowledge into some of the events, is that something that I need? Is it something that does it take away from pro wrestling? Right. Like, okay. So I, I, I think I understand your question. Um, and my answer for you. Uh, so we talked, you, you mentioned how some things are still kayfabe and then like, uh, even when it's like a shoot, they're kind of still in kayfabe. Um, yeah. I think that it wasn't dark side of the ring so much that added this extra level of kayfabe. Uh, I call them uh, the like tears of kayfabe, like T I E R S or just levels, not like crying mm-hmm. kayfabe. Um, there's a like social media is what first launched Mm. this layer of kayfabe Um, you as a fan if it interests you and it's something that holds your attention absolutely it has value Um, I think that the days of this is all for real kayfabe brother are done it's Um, not real to me damn it Right, I like that's been done for a very long time, and I think, to be honest with you, a lot of wrestlers that you will speak to will have no problem admitting that it's a work. Um, but just because it's a work doesn't mean that it's not extremely difficult, uh, extremely taxing, and extremely creative. Uh, if you absolutely yeah, if you fake a smile when you're sad, your body, your brain will fire the same hormones as when you smile for real. So I ask you, really, what is real in terms of kayfabe? What does that mean, like philosophically, right? Philosophically speaking, if you're if what you're seeing is generating a very real emotional reaction from you, if those same hormones and neurons are firing, then how is that any different than say watching a movie in the movie theater? Well, I'll tell you how it's different, actually. Because in the movie theater, if you go to watch Avengers Endgame and you yell at Captain America to run away from Thanos, he does not change his plan. However, in a pro wrestling show, <laughs> if you are watching it and you yell some dumb shit, you bet that somebody's going to turn around and say something to your face. <laughs> the creator and the fan create the content in wrestling together. It's a communal combined effort. That's the big difference of pro wrestling and why it's the last bastion of Shakespearean theater. It's the creator and audience coming together to like form a Voltron, a better story together. Mm-hmm. So I think that the audience's opinion in its way is its own form of kayfabe, especially if we take in like online narratives. So when I say layers of kayfabe, I mean, first you see what's on TV, right? That's one thing. And then you have social media. Because the person on social media is most likely not actually how that person is in real life. They're still playing a character and yeah, selling a product, yeah, yeah. right? So we have that. Then you have shoot interviews that are oftentimes worked shoot. And like you said before, only one side of the story. Now, I'm going to recall this story as it best suits me and best puts me over. So really, you're not getting the same signal that I'm communicating to you. You're interpreting it through your own experience, right? Mm -hmm. So now we start getting into different levels of communicative theory. And then we can keep going on and on. And I really like to talk about this stuff because I'm a huge nerd about it. But regardless, having things like Dark Side of the Ring, don't they're not detriments to the business in my opinion. They're ways to expand our creativity. It's design space. Once we get this dark side of the ring thing, I can then tell a story based on somebody who has seen dark side of the ring. I don't have to be worried about it taking away from anything. 
all it does is add to the canon now. So I don't have to pretend that I'm a real fighter, real, like, and, but I am. I'm a badass dude. I could probably kick your ass. I've been doing 20 years of martial arts. I work I out like a up, you know, like, sure. But also I'm a roided up theater kid and I don't take roids, but you understand the analogy, mm -hmm. right? Um, you imagine Shane Hawk on steroids? Forget it. Forget it, bro. What are you waiting for, man? Let's what? go. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm all natty, baby. I have mental illness and don't want to risk that. Um, <laughs> but so, like, these Dark Side of the Rings are like shoot interviews or like the reality shows, you know, stuff like that. Or even a show like Heels, let's say. I don't know if you've seen that show. I love Heels. I loved Heels. And even Heels is in kayfabe because, like, mm -hmm. This, I actually got really well. I'm not mad at my girlfriend, but I was ripping on my girlfriend because in the opening scene, like, there's the pregnant woman who like describes kayfabe, right? And my girlfriend, she's like, you know, I know you're a wrestler, so I want to learn a lot about wrestling, which is why she wanted to watch this show. But she was just getting mad because the pregnant woman who was in that wants her husband wrestler to stop wrestling, and completely didn't listen to the explanation of kayfabe, which was the whole point of the scene. And so I had to rip on her every single time, and now I'll just call kayfabe to her until she figures it out. I'd be like, yo. K5. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I'm saying, like, uh, it's wrestling in itself is such a unique artistic medium now that it's all referential of referential and it's postmodern. Like, wrestling is postmodern performance art. And postmodern breaks the postmodern, uh, postmodern rather, breaks the fourth wall consistently to the point where the fourth wall can be a character. So. Mm. The kayfabe of pro wrestling is now the same kayfabe as comic books, as movies. Yeah, Deadpool yeah. can turn and talk to the camera, and you don't go, Ryan Reynolds sucks, this is fake, because Ryan Reynolds doesn't suck, he rules. Um, <laughs> in the same way, you can do anything in storytelling, you can do anything in wrestling. We had a Hattle Royale match. Um, we had, a, on Friday Night Speedball, uh, Veda Scott and I switched clothing and pretended that we were each other and then wrestled the Voros twins and did we did twin magic to win the match like <laughs> but then who made it with Mike after what's that but then who made it with Mike after them kayfabe I would have been confused kayfabe <laughs> um, so yeah like I, I, I think that if there's an audience for it uh, at this point that wrestling has evolved in such a way uh, that we have an entire spectrum of wrestling content out there right you have everything from Jim Cornette to, like, whatever the opposite of Jim Cornette is. The Young Bucks, let's say. Because like, this is not, that was not a bit on Jim Cornette. That wasn't, like, I was not setting is up Russo a joke. Russo the opposite? Vince Russo versus Cornette? That's, like, the two. Oh, yeah, he hates mm, Vince Russo. Usually... Vince Russo, like, a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, the more theatrical stuff, the more out there, like, storylines. That's, like, Vince right. Russo. Opposite Cornette. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in that, like, in that sense, like yes. Yeah. But, like, also Jim Cornette loves Danhausen. So... Oh really? I guess Jim Cornette loves Danhausen. It can be done properly, I guess, even in his eyes. Right. Um, so yeah, give me Dark Side of the Ring. Give me uh, being the elite, or what is that? It being the elite. That's what that's a yeah, show called. The yeah, the yeah YouTube give me that. Stuff. Give me that shit for sure. Um, and like on that note, you're saying about story, you can do whatever you want, and that's what drives me crazy sometimes as an actor, someone that loves story as well. That's what I love the most about wrestling. Sure, I love. I'm. A, I, I was an athlete, so I like the the athletic side of it, but the story. And what drives mm. me crazy is sometimes. You can do whatever you want. Why are you choosing to do something, you know, whatever? I would love so, for them to... But. I also have, I have uh, uh, an opinion on that as well. 
And I think we're going to segue, which is a word that does not have a W in it. We're going to segue from one question to that, uh, where I say that a lot of times um, the mistake that people make is assuming wrestling is for them. Um, wrestling has, depends on the wrestling, of course, but it always has a specific audience in mind. And like people will rag on WWE uh, and be like, oh, why aren't they, ma- why are they doing this very obvious booking decision, for example, right? Or like, why are they uh, making, why are they dropping names? Why, why does everybody only have a single name now? These kind of things. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that they're playing to the largest possible audience. And they're playing to the lowest common denominator of that audience. And they're probably playing for the kids of that audience. It has exactly. to be an overly simplified, archetypal kind of program in order to reach that many people. Um, and broad I think that, as possible. Exactly, exactly. And I really think that the mistake uh, is assuming that that particular wrestling should be for you. Um, I think that's a little bit selfish. I think that if you don't like that kind of wrestling, there's other wrestling for you. There's lots of like 18 to 35 year old male demographic companies. There are are queer companies. There are like different uh, uh, nationalities for companies, right? Mm -hmm. There's different sexuality companies gender companies all of these different like any any kind of like variation or any kind of category you want to do there's probably a wrestling federation for it Hmm. um so a lot of people will take the time to like bash things that they don't like and i understand your frustration uh, ginger heat when something is just like so obvious and you just want to choke (laughs) them because you're like why can't you just do that yeah it's not about obvious or choices or who wins and loses it's more For me, it's why are these two people fighting is what I want to know usually, right? right? And Which sometimes is fair. it's just randomly thrown together. I want it's and, also and I consistency like in rules even. Consistency is important, sure. But I guess ultimately, though, if, if we're taking, you know, what we're kind of talking about there is you, you need to cater to who is your audience. And actually, for you, what matters is the story. But for them, what matters is the marketing of it. Mm. And actually, right, of course. for example, is there any particular reason that I need to see Becky Lynch versus Lita? No, I, no there, there's no story there. It's just, it makes a good marketing campaign. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And that being said, I have seen lots of women's wrestling fans saying that they're going to tune into that Saudi show for the first time ever because that match is there. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Right? Uh-huh. right? There we go. So they have they, done exactly what they set out to do. I imagine you know you have to. You're trying to please so many masters at the same time. Yeah, that, especially we're talking about the biggest company, right? Them especially. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. very different. Yeah, right. publicly exactly. traded, all of that. It's, but like, it, there's think, also so much that'll yeah. happen backstage that people don't realize. Like, yeah. that's just one dude about. being difficult to work with can make them lose a match. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've definitely made decisions in IWS that people have not agreed with. But it's because the guy will come backstage to me and be like, hey, I can't work any of your dates for the rest of the year. Mm. And I'll be like, oh, okay. Because like, they're booked at other <laughs> places or whatever. So I'll, like, I'll have to change on the fly. Or like, I once had an IWS wow. show where eight people didn't show up day of the show. What? So I had to change wow. everything day of the show. And people were like, your booking seemed kind of rushed. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like we did our quarantine sessions in September uh, 2020. We did quarantine sessions for IWS where we did no ro- no uh, no fan shows, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and there wasn't any real, like there was ba- very basic story to it, but no real like meat and potatoes story. But 
number one, because of the health code at the time, you could only have six people. So we could only ever have 25 people in the building at once, including tech and crew. I had to schedule my wrestlers in pods of four people because you could only have four people working together. We needed to make multiple months of TV out of this. So what we had to do was have each wrestler in the same pod wrestle each other in a round robin. That had to happen four different times throughout the day. We got there at 6 a.m. and we left at 2 a.m. the next day. Now, people were like, well, why didn't you just book those storylines in the pods, right? Well, at the time, we were on both RDS and Fight Network. And the matches were being shown in different order. With different commentary. Oh, shit. So, we had to be mostly generic because Mm -hmm. the product had to fit two different networks in two different languages with only four people in the building at once. (laughs) Oh my God. Right. Logistically, it was a nightmare. But then people are like, you know, I thought it was kind of plain. And I'll be like, you're right. That's all. Like, okay, fine. But what choice did we have? None. Mm -hmm. We did the best we could. And a lot of things in wrestling are like that. We're like, mm-hmm. and like, hey, I'm not gonna defend everything in wrestling, obviously, because there's a lot of dumb shit out there. Let's be honest. But a lot of the times, a lot of the decisions that people like really shit on online or stuff like that have so much more to do with what is happening backstage because you can't trust dirt sheets, mm-hmm. right? Dirt sheets, no. for the most part, are just hearsay, and sometimes they get it right. But I consider dirt sheet writers the weathermen in professional wrestling, <laughs> like. <laughs> They're often wrong, right? (laughs) But, like, sometimes they're right, so we still look at what they're saying. And, like, it's kind of fun, so sure, you know? Um, So much happens backstage in wrestling that you know nothing about. You will never know nothing about. I will know nothing about to influence the way things play out. Uh, And a lot of this is even contrary to popular, like, you know, internet narratives, like how the internet is not sure if Triple H is holding people back or pushing people forward. We're not sure. It's always one or the other, but we don't know. <laughs> or like how everything good is is Triple H and everything bad is Vince. Like, it's not possible. Um, but people like get fixated on these narratives. And again, that's another layer of kayfabe. The dirt yeah, sheet narrative is another layer of kayfabe. And we have people making, again, thousands of dollars portraying these characters. Yeah. You think, uh, what's his name, Sean Ross Sapp? You think mm. his, his Twitter persona is the same as he is in real life? No. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> God. But he's making it work. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Kayfabe. So, Whole world's kayfabe. <laughs> the, the world yo, is kayfabe. You know what they say, right? Wrestling. wrestling is real. Everything else is fake. I agree. Because you know what wrestling is. The world is, is fake. So Everyone else is pretending, but wrestling is yep. what it is. Mm-hmm. At least I'm being honest about pretending. Yeah. Well, yeah. How about that, you know? At least I'm honestly saying 100%. I'm working. Most people, when they're putting on their, their face for the world, their mask on the world, mm-hmm. they're not honest about working. That's fair. Deep. Fun question here. Jason obviously is a music expert, but what's your favorite theme song of all time and maybe now? Other than your own, which is obviously. <laughs> what is obviously? What is my theme song, which is Ginger Heat? Obviously. Why can't we be friends? It's not the song. No. That would be a good one. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I use Shortchange Hero the by show. the Heavy uh, as a heal, mm -hmm. and as a babyface, I use Blood of Bannock Burn by uh, Sabaton. Sabaton. Raw metal. I don't think of the producer's song then. Uh, I don't know. That, that song is like some 80s synth wave bullshit. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> uh, favorite of all time, man. Oof. Am I talking like to sing or to listen to, or is it overall? The one that hits. The one that hits it ma matches their character perfectly. All right, so it's it's Stone Cold Steve Austin's music. Can't go wrong with, with that. With the glass shatter. Can't go wrong with OG. that. You can never hear a glass uh, shatter without thinking Austin. That's it. No, impossible. And then let's see for current era. Yeah. And that feeling. If you were at a show and you heard the glass break, whether you knew huh. it was coming or not. <laughs> Somebody's going to get the ass kicked. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know too many current like uh, music things. Yeah, a lot of them they don't have. I mean, they're doing a lot of generic stuff, at least in WWE. AEW's got a bit more. I mean, there's always like classics. Randy Orton. I hear voices. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Voices. Um, I, too, hear voices in my head. And... And they talk to you. They counsel me. They counsel. understand. Yeah. And they saboteur. <laughs> Any advice for, for up-and-coming wrestlers on the scene? And maybe segue that into, you know, obviously someone that's dealt with mental health issues. Any advice for someone coming up in the wrestling world on that front as well? Wow. That's a real two-pronged question there, Ginger Heat. Um, I know. <laughs> It's an important one. Advice I, to I know it's off the, it's off the top of your head. Advice <laughs> to upper up and coming question uh, up and coming wrestlers to start. Number one, take care of your body. Get into shape. As much as we want to be body positive and accepting, professional wrestling is an aesthetic telegenetic business. Get into shape. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to be steroided up and have washboard abs and fake boobs. That's not what I'm saying in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying you need to be in good enough shape to Go through a full wrestling match and not blow up. Pick people up. Slam them safely. Uh, jump off things. Run the ropes, etc. You must do these things, and you must do them safely. I've definitely failed people from the IWS Dojo where I teach because they were unable to complete the opening cardio, which was not that taxing. But if you can't do 50 squats, chances are good that a, match, a minute 12 in a match, your legs might fail. So, number one for new wrestlers, get your ass in a shape right now. Great. Start. Uh, number two is uh, something Pete Dunn said at a seminar at the IWS Dojo that I really, really enjoy. Waxman's boy. Uh, so we've had Pete Dunn boy. British Strong Style over several times. Wow. Um, oh, and several. Pete Dunn uh, said, uh, don't, don't, don't go on Twitter and be a cunt. Don't be a cunt on Twitter. Um, he was saying just watch your social media. Uh, people are looking for that shit. Uh, remember that it's an extension of you. Um, it's a product that you're selling. It's a layer of kayfabe. Don't mm. be spouting uh, dumbass Twitter arguments. People are looking at that shit. Um, shouldn't even have to be said, but like don't be homophobic or racist or, uh, you know, like just don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. And I think that segues into uh, my third piece of advice, which is be very nice to everybody. Um, people want to work with the people who are nice to be around. Yeah. If you want to be a professional wrestler, you should go out of your way to be nice to other people. We often hear that wrestling is a competition as to who can outsell the other person. You should be doing that in your personal life as well by being kind to people. Um, mm. I think... Those are my... Oh, yeah, number five. So we've got the body. We've got the social media. 
uh, we've got be nice. So no, it's number four, actually. Number four. Uh, and that would be to just work your ass off and never stop learning. Um, there is something called the Dunning-Kruger effect, where the more that we learn about something, uh, when we first start learning about it, we think we know a lot because we don't realize how much more there is to learn. When it comes to professional wrestling, even I am still learning to this day, and I do this for a living for 20 years. Um, you never, the minute you stop thinking that you have to train in pro wrestling is when you should hang up your boots. I see students come and they'll be like, oh, I've done three months of school. I know how to wrestle now. I'm a wrestler. No, you're not. Um, if you're in the NHL, you're still going to practice. If you're in the NFL, you're a professional athlete, you're still going to practice. NBA, go on to practice. All professional athletes still practice on a regular basis, except for professional wrestlers. Weird. The ones who love it and get obsessed with it and train their asses off, they're the good ones. They're the ones who are really good. You can still see Mustafa Ali training in the ring all the time on his social media. Um, as soon as you think you're too good to not train anymore, and I'm not saying you have to like be ring crew for your whole career, and I'm not saying like you have to be a bump uh, dummy for other people. I'm saying you need to keep in shape and you need to be practicing at all times. You can't let that shit rust off. It shows in your performance. If you want to be a good wrestler, you need to get in as many reps as you can. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice every single time. People don't practice. They think, oh, I know how to wrestle now. I'm a wrestler. I can go wrestle once a month, and I'm good. And it's like, not if you want to go anywhere, no. And so now we'll move on to the mental health question. Do I have any mental health advice um, for up-and-coming professional wrestlers? And number one piece of advice, don't be ashamed to talk about that shit. And be honest about that shit. Be super honest with yourself and be real about it. If you think you are not in the right frame of mind to go out to the ring, do not go out to the ring. The days of put some tape on it, brother, uh, and just get out there for an injury are over. And same thing with mental health. We don't do that. And part and parcel for that, I would say, go to fucking therapy, you fools. Um, there's a lot of people who just don't go to therapy because their mental illness lies to them and tells them that they're weak. Um, and I, to that I say, who is your depression ever beat? Who they ever beat? Who your depression ever beat? The little voice in your head that tells you that you're not good enough. Like, what did they ever accomplish? Nothing at all. You're gonna want. It hurts to go to therapy. It hurts to uncover these issues. You need to be brave enough to go through that. If you're not brave enough to face yourself, imagine what people on the internet are gonna do to you. Hmm. And that's gonna bring me to the internet and social media. Look at it as a tool. It is not a journaling device. And do not take these people's opinions too seriously. Do not take advice from somebody... Sorry. Do not listen to the opinion of somebody who you would not take advice from. I can listen to what you're going to say and I can gauge if you like it or not, but that's not going to make me not sleep at night. Forget it. Um, if you let the opinions of the average internet user uh, influence your wrestling career, you will not last very long in professional wrestling. Because a lot of people are just trolls and just trying to seem cool. And they're pieces of shit who never got off their couch. Um, it's coming from a place of sadness and hurt. A lot of the time it gets projected onto you. The only reason that you need to drag someone, drag someone down is because you already see that they're above you. The end. Um, take care of your mental health. Get enough sleep. Uh, we used to do lots of partying and fine, that's fine, but know your limits, you know? Um, mm -hmm. 
if you want to be a pro wrestler, your focus needs to be on pro wrestling. If you want it to be a hobby, that's fine too. If you want to be a weekend warrior, okay. Do your thing. But make sure you're being realistic about your goals and how you approach those goals and how much work you're going to put into those goals. Um, and also, like, exposure therapy is very helpful for anxiety. I know there's a lot of people with anxiety who have trouble getting in the ring. Um, exposure therapy in front of crowds and stuff is very helpful. But please, go to therapy. Be, take your medication. It doesn't make you weak. Uh, if you had cancer and they told you to get chemo to survive longer, you would get the chemo and not think you're weak. Why can't you take your medication? I take my medication every single day. And I still go to therapy now, and I've been, like, stable for about a decade. It's just a matter of body upkeep. If you're willing to keep your body and your muscles in peak physical condition, that also includes your mind. Your mind is a muscle, and you must keep your mind in peak physical condition. And that means treating it of illness. That means taking care of it, not just ignoring these things until they burst. So, therapy, medication. Take your vitamin D during the, during the wintertime if you have mental health problems. It's a huge deal. If you're going to supplement with protein supplement with vitamin d and zinc as well uh, we don't get enough sun in the winter time uh, that makes a huge impact on our mood uh yeah no kidding like i don't get enough sun in the summertime you know because <laughs> spontaneous combustion um yes <laughs> and don't be afraid to to not to reach out because that's not what i want because i don't like when people post like oh if you're feeling sad you should reach out to me uh, or, hey, man, if something's wrong, reach out to me. Because somebody going through a depressive episode is not going to be trying to reach out to anybody. They're going to think that they're worthless. They're not going to want that. What you need to do is you need to check in on your friends. So if you know that you have a friend who's, con who's confided in you that they're suffering from mental illness, as a good friend and as a good professional colleague, check in on them. See how they're doing. Sometimes just a message like, hey, man, what's up? How you doing? It's a big deal. When somebody yeah. starts venting to you, ask them what they want from the conversation. Ask them, do you need support right now? Are you solution-oriented right now? Do you want me to just yell at somebody for you right now? <laughs> um, effective communication makes an effective professional wrestler, not just in how we speak to the camera or how we translate through our moves, but in our interpersonal skills. Like I said, being nice to people, very, very important. The more pleasant you are to be around, the more people want to work with you. And that also includes taking care of not just your opponent, but everyone in the locker room. So now more than ever is the time to dispose of toxic positivity and fake positivity and to heal for real and to do that work. And that work is messy and that work is bloody and that work is you're you're, you're in the shit when you're doing that inner healing work that we all have because we all get traumatized at some time or another. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. If you can do 500 Hindu squats and, you know, 100 back bumps, you can go to therapy for an hour. You should. And keeping that, your body as a pro wrestler is your tool, right? If you were a plumber, you'd have your wrenches. Uh, if you were a mechanic, you would have your wrenches. All I really know is a tool is wrenches on a wrestler. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> regardless, your body is your tool of your trade. You need to keep it in peak physical condition. Yoga, stretching, um, regular trips to uh, like the physiotherapist, um, taking time off when you're injured. We want to rush back because we feel like we're going to lose our spot. 
But if you rush back, you're only rushing back at 75%. You're not as efficient mm. as if you had waited to be 100 and then come back. The mental game in pro wrestling is so much harder than the physical game. Physical pain is easy to tolerate, honestly, especially when you have adrenaline. It takes a lot more strength to tolerate mental distress. But if you want to be a professional wrestler, you need to have to that, that mental fortitude. The end. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Yeah, no, that's no, amazing. It, it, that's, it, that's great life advice. I mean, uh, it's similar to what I would tell an actor starting out. Same thing, right? Your body is your tool. Mm. Be a nice person. Uh, if people want to work with you, then you'll get work. Yep. <laughs> you'll get more work. And work your ass off. I mean, because it's not, it's not enough in wrestling to just be a good wrestler. No. If you're going to be a prick, you got to be as good as Shawn Michaels. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and, and that's and then God punished him. Um, yeah, yeah, he, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it comes around yeah. eventually, right? Yeah. No, for real though. Like, uh, it's, like it's no, it's not enough to be a good wrestler though. It, you you need to be you need to bring something to the table. Something that I tell new wrestlers all the time is that when you want to get booked somewhere, if I'm a booker, if I'm hiring you to wrestle in that spot, I gotta fire somebody else. Whose job can you take? People don't think about it that way. They're just like, can't you just add me to the car to make a singles match or three-way? And it's like, no. We've already got 30 people on the card, bro. We can't do that. Uh... Tell me whose job you can take because I'm going to have to fire someone to put you on the card. So it damn sure better be useful for me, and I better be getting a return on my investment with you. Now, can you do that? Can you provide some kind of value to me that will make you like un-unbookable? Somebody who's like essential to the operation. I also tell new wrestlers very frequently, learn another wrestling-related skill. Photoshop for posters, video editing, sound editing, music, uh, Twitch streaming, like all this other stuff. Learn another skill. Because if you, if, like I have a, a guy who's on every one of my shows, Alex Mays. He's a student. He's only been wrestling for about two years. You know who he's on every show for? He heads up ring crew. I can trust mm. him to build the ring wow. properly. I don't have to pay attention to that as a booker and promoter. That's one less job that I have to do on the day that makes my life easier. Can you drive a ring truck? Awesome. Can you make entrance videos for me? Sweet. Eventually, there are some people who can get by on just pure talent alone. But if somebody like Speedball Bailey is on Twitch all the time and doing all that shit, you're not better than that. So contribute and vlogging and everything else like he gets the social media part contribute that's it just just contribute man because like on the indie level like i know it's very popular there's a narrative to say like if the promoter doesn't have the money well uh then they shouldn't run the show and whatever but a lot of these promoters are just like flying by on the seat of their pants and a lot of us are not bad people trying to rip people off we're just the ones who get shoved into these positions of power um I never wanted to be a, a promoter and a booker. I wanted to be a wrestler, but I broke my back. Um, and my thing is that I put people over, so I became a booker. But I'll still have people saying that, like, oh, I'm trying to secure a spot. And, like, I'm a manager, bro. Like, I'm a manager <laughs> only to put other people over. <laughs> but they'll still say that. You know, it's like, so whose job can you take? Tell me, whose job can you take? Which is why you always need to be the best you can possibly be and make the most of every experience. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. You better. Nice. We the ones. <laughs> we the ones. <laughs> we the ones. <laughs> Class. Well, I'm going to say on behalf of 
everybody here thank you so much for You're coming up the podcast for talking to us about all things wrestling related from your experiences to, to some excellent stories about in particular Pat Patterson um, so thank you so much for, for coming on and chatting to us it's been great I, I mean for me it's it's one in the morning here in Scotland I'm I'm still wide awake. I'm ready to go, so I'm loving it. So thank you, thank you so much, mate. It's been great to. to I'm chat. sorry I ruined your sleep cycle. <laughs> nah, I hope you get the rem. I've, uh, I've I've already booked every Wednesday off, so like I don't give a shit anymore. Like that that, that day's gone to me. I this is what I do at a, on, Time on a Tuesday night when we record. I just talk about wrestling as much Hell as yeah. I can. It's the dedication, baby. Let's go. That's it. There you go. I don't. You gotta you gotta you gotta outwork everyone. See what I mean? There, there you go. go. You gotta do the there work. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Let me uh, get some plugs in real quick here while, while before we finish. So um, at Shane Hawk, Shane has a Y. Uh, so sorry, no, my name is Shane Hawk. That was wrong. Oh, I screwed it up already. <laughs> at, Start over. At Superstar Hawk on pretty much every single platform. Hawk has an E at the end of it. Superstar Hawk. Um, and then you can follow the IWS at IWS Hardcore on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, we do not have TikTok yet. I have TikTok, though. I have a personal TikTok at SuperstarHawk. Um, also, please check out YouTube.com slash IWS Hardcore. A ton of free footage. Uh, one of the best ways to support, other than buying merchandise, is to just watch that shit so we can make a couple of pennies each every time. Thank you so much. There's some really cool old uh, old matches there of, like, the Kevin Owenses. and the. I, I think you'll be surprised with some of the matches that are on there. People don't really pay attention to it, and they should. Um, watch us on the Fight Network. Fight Network, uh, Canada, UK, USA, all over the place. Skynet, IWS Bloodstream plays Fridays at 8 o'clock and then repeats throughout the week. Watch it. Tell me what you like. Tweet, write to me. Say, hey, dude, you're you're ugly, but you're talented. Go ahead. Um, and then, let's see. Oh, yeah, and also, uh, live shows will be eventually returning. Right now, March 12th, at the historic M. Tellus. IWS presents unevident sanction 2.0 because they're coming home, baby. Ooh. That's right. Ooh. Matt Lee and Jeff Parker, the show 2.0, will be back Whoa. in Montreal, back in the IWS for their first appearance since going down to Florida before they got fired in the first place. So that's going to be <laughs> super fun. We'll have Impact Superstar Speedball Mike Bailey defending the IWS World Heavyweight Champion and all of your championship. He's not the champ. He's, he's not a belt. He is the championship. Um, all your IWS favorites like Tabernacle Team, The Green Phantom, Matt Angel, Kevin Blanchard, Casanova Productions featuring their handsome manager Shane Hawk, Black Quebecois, uh, oh, uh, IWS Women's Champion Veda Scott, as well as the sweetest P, Chris Dara, Alex Mays, and all your favorite IWS Hardcore Soldiers. Folks, thank you for tuning in. I have been Professor H. Shane Hawk, and we'll see you next time. See how I got that plug thing down, like, all the time, right? Like, that's what I was saying. That's amazing. My goodness.